This episode is brought to you by EarthBreeze, the one New Year's resolution I've ever been able to stick to. It's completely transformed my laundry experience. Gone are the big, heavy plastic jugs, the measuring out of detergent every time. All I do is grab an EarthBreeze wash sheet. All I do is grab an EarthBreeze eco sheet. It looks just like a dryer sheet, except it's slightly less dry. It's ultra concentrated detergent. I throw it in the wash and that's it. Never think about it again. Laundry comes out great, clean, fresh smelling, no harmful chemicals or bleaches or dyes or anything in there. If you want to change up your laundry game this year, right now my listeners can get started with EarthBreeze and save 40%. Go to earthbreeze.com slash drilled, that's E-A-R-T-H-B-R-E-E-Z-E dot com slash drilled for 40% off your subscription. I'm Amy Westerveld, and this is Drilled. Today we're going to be talking about the relationship between the fossil fuel industry and the media. That relationship often starts with a giant contract with a PR firm. We're talking in the order of $50 million a year, $30 million a year, $25 million a year. These are not small contracts. And what these firms do for that money is not just provide the sort of standard things we think of with PR, like placing advertising, maybe trying to arrange interviews for executives, things like that, sending out press releases. They also do public affairs for these companies. And that means doing things like setting up front groups for them coordinating with trade industry groups around messaging, coordinating with think tanks. Sometimes it's setting up a whole fake blog universe. In a lot of ways, PR firms have been sort of the linchpin of the fossil fuel industry's plan for a long, long time. And the media has been complicit. We're going to get into all of that and a lot more up ahead. The most interesting thing is the scale of the money. You know, you're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars spent by these trade associations to try to influence public policy. They're not selling a product, you know, that separately, there's tens of millions more spent by the oil companies to sell their gasoline to us and sell their image. But this is broader. You know, if you look at the spending by uh, the American Council for Clean Coal Electricity or by American Petroleum Institute, it's, it's a bigger campaign of some sort that's been agreed upon by the members of that trade association as a need. So it's a window into their, their political game. You might remember that voice from the first season of Drilled. That's Kurt Davies from the Climate Investigations Center. Kurt and his team have been busy surveying PR firms and studying tax forms to get a handle on just how much the fossil fuel industry's trade groups spend on advertising and PR. That number is important because it's become increasingly difficult for oil companies to directly advertise much more than their renewable energy research and emissions reductions plans. So trade groups like the American Petroleum Institute, the National Association of Manufacturers, and the U.S. Chamber of Commerce have picked up the baton and carried it forward. There's very little overt climate denial in this. This is more like making energy development look good, making fracking look good, making 
you know, the oil, it's, it's greening their image or making them look like God bless America companies that are doing good for all of us. Um, you know, the, the uh, power past impossible campaign, which is making energy just look really cool. That is not explicitly climate denial, but what it's making people think is, hey, energy is important. So maybe we should question these policies like the Green New Deal that's going to change the way I can use energy. You know, sort of it's laying the groundwork for the campaigns that are uh, against policies on climate change, which would naturally be changing our energy behavior. The Climate Investigation Center report picks up where they and the Center for Public Integrity left off back in 2014 and 2015. In 2014, CIC surveyed PR firms and their approaches to climate change. And then The Guardian's Suzanne Goldberg asked the country's top firms whether they would refuse to promote climate denial or to set up front groups and things like that that would. Edelman, one of the first firms to use these tactics on behalf of big oil, said it was not something that they were doing. But shortly after that story came out, a TransCanada memo was leaked that showed that wasn't true. We got a hold of a leaked Edelman TransCanada document in later in that year where they showed their entire battle plan for how to get a, a pipeline that would be the alternative to the Keystone pipeline from Alberta to the Atlantic Ocean. And it included all sorts of mercenary tactics. It, it shows you that these, you know, public affairs and PR is much more than advertising that you see on television. You know, if you if you see a campaign for the, you know, the new hamburger with French fries on it, that's a that's a different level than a full public affairs campaign for a corporate enterprise or a damage control campaign. Edelman had to shun the American Petroleum Institute's money after that, but they thought of an easy solution. They spun a business unit called Blue Advertising off into its own business, which continued to work for API. Last year, that account appears to have gone to a firm in Texas called GDS&M, which produced API's Power Past Impossible campaign. You might have seen the ads for this during the Super Bowl. They're vivid and flashy. There's rapid-fire text on the screen listing all the aspects of modern life that we wouldn't have without oil. And it has a high-energy soundtrack to match. website that goes along with it. And now we're starting to see the different media parts of that campaign get into various media outlets. Kurt's report found that industry trade groups spend about $1.4 billion on PR, advertising, and lobbying from 2008 to 2017. Keep in mind that doesn't include what each individual company may have spent or what either companies or the industry spent on lobbying. In fact, a few days after the CCI report came out, a UK-based group called Influence Map released its latest report, which concluded that oil majors have spent about a billion dollars on green PR since the Paris Agreement in 2016. That report also found that these companies will invest $110 billion in new fossil fuel production in 2019, compared to around $3.6 billion on low-carbon technology, which includes everything from carbon capture to renewable energy. 
New Year's resolutions are almost destined to fail. I resolve almost every year to work less and we all know it's not going to happen. <laughs> but one thing I have been able to stick to and you can too is switching up the way you do laundry in 2024 and grabbing Earth Breeze. I know what you're thinking laundry is not so fun. Those huge heavy plastic jugs measuring out the right amount, getting goo all over the place. It's annoying. Earth Breeze Eco Sheets totally changed the game. Unlike powder or liquid, EarthBreeze actually looks like a dryer sheet, but it's ultra concentrated laundry detergent. And it's super easy. You just throw it into your laundry and that's it. There's no measuring, there's no lugging anything around. Your laundry comes out clean, it smells great. I love it. It's genuinely made my life easier. It's also dermatologist tested, hypoallergenic free of bleach and dyes, so it's perfect for every load. You'll never run out of detergent again thanks to Earth Breeze's easy, flexible subscription. You can adjust, pause, or cancel at any time with no hidden fees or penalties, and you save a whopping 40% when you subscribe. Plus, shipping is always free, and Eco Sheets are packaged in a slim cardboard envelope that saves a ton of space. It also gets rid of one more plastic thing in your life. And the company has donated over 100 million loads of laundry and counting to those in need. Right now, my listeners can get started with Earth Breeze and save 40%. 40 for zero. Go to earthbreeze.com slash drilled. That's E-A-R-T-H-B-R-E-E-Z-E.com slash drilled for 40% off your subscription. Hi, it's Amy here, and I'm excited to tell you about a new podcast from APM Studios and Western Sounds called Ripple. Such a good idea, this show. In the aftermath of major disasters, there is always a swarm of media attention. The public is captivated by breaking news, there's coverage and controversy, and then the cameras and the public just move on. But the stories are not finished. Ripple is a new series investigating the stories we were told were over. In season one, the reporting team traveled hundreds of miles across the Gulf Coast to learn the ongoing effects of the 2010 Deepwater Horizon oil spill, which are still impacting many coastal residents more than a decade later. You can listen now to Ripple wherever you get your podcasts. That advertising spend includes a new and pretty insidious form of what people call native advertising or sponsored content. It's not just running amidst editorial on various publications' websites, but actually being created by them. The New York Times brand studio, for example, has unveiled major interactive campaigns for both Exxon and Shell just this year. For Exxon, the focus is on the company's algae-based biofuels program. These vibrant green dots, microscopic living organisms, are algae. Look closely. Algae grows almost everywhere, from murky ponds to out in the ocean. And scientists recognize its potential to change our energy future. The goal? To one day fuel our trucks and buses, boats, cars, 
even airplanes, with the oil extracted from algae. So how far could algae take us? ExxonMobil is working with synthetic genomics to figure out the answer. With advances in molecular biology, the energy from algae could touch our daily lives and lower the carbon emissions from transportation. By 2025, ExxonMobil is aiming to have the technical ability to produce over 10,000 barrels of algae-based biofuel per day, enough to potentially power tens of thousands of cross-country flights annually. And over its life cycle, this biofuel will emit only about half as much greenhouse gas as traditional fuels. Algae-derived fuel could help us meet growing demand while reducing emissions. And it all starts here. That's Unexpected Energy from ExxonMobil. For Shell, the New York Times brand studio created an animated infographic alongside a very New York Times-sounding story about how we could get to, quote, emissions-free by 2070. Never mind that we need to get there a lot sooner. Over the Washington Post, the Washington Post brand studio just released its new campaign for the American Petroleum Institute. Its focus? Natural gas as the solution to a low-carbon future. Every journalist I know gets defensive or even a little angry at the insinuation here. You know there's a division between ad and edit, they say. And I do, I do. But here's the thing. Do readers? Because these have tiny little labels up top that indicate they're paid posts. But otherwise, they look, sound, and read just like the outlet's editorial coverage. And more often than not, they show up right alongside it. So readers see a reported piece on one side of the page, oftentimes a reported piece on climate or renewable energy, and then they see something about Exxon's new algae biofuels right next to it. It's probably not a coincidence that these things started appearing right around the time that newspapers stopped doing the whole false equivalency thing on climate change and letting climate deniers have a say. Just like oil companies helped to invent the op-ad and the advertorial back in the 70s and 80s, they've invented this new form of communication to make sure that they can get their voice heard and have as much of an equal footing as they can. The fossil fuel industry's influence on the media is deep and broad. It has a really long history. It's not so obvious as some guy in a top hat and tails with a thin mustache twirling it and showing up at your desk and shouting at you to spike a story. It's a lot more subtle, which means it's also more effective. And it's been going on for decades. And you know what? Oil companies don't spend tons of money on something every year for decades if it doesn't work. That's it for this time. I am busily working on a new investigative series that we'll be dropping next month. Look out for a preview of that in the next couple of weeks, and we'll be releasing a new episode every day, the week of April 22nd. Yep, I know. Earth Day. See you then. Thanks for listening. Drilled is produced and distributed by Critical Frequency. Reporting is done by me. Our story consultant is Rika Murthy. Our theme music is by Martin Wissenberg. Our cover art is by Lucas Lisikowski. Drilled is made possible in part by a generous grant from the Institute for Governance and Sustainable Development. We really appreciate their support. You can find Drilled wherever you get your podcasts. Please remember to rate and review the podcast. It helps us find new listeners and fight climate deniers. Thanks a lot. See you next time.